Hey, everybody. Kevin Grossman here, president of Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards. I want to wish you all a happy holidays and a very Merry Christmas and let you know that the 2020 Candy Benchmark Research Program is launching in January. We're also launching Candidate Experience Day 2020 to kick off our program year with a fun social media event on Wednesday, January 15th, encouraging all of you to share your best candidate experience testimonials, posts, tidbits, videos, and more using the hashtag Candy Experience Day 2020. That's hashtag C-A-N-D-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E Day 2020. You can find out more information by visiting thetalentboard.org. Now, enjoy the podcast. We really do use science in our approach. And so between our trendicators research that we have, uh, Dr. Jack Wiley, who's our chief data scientist, and our, our intel that we get from our original work that he does, we know how to engage candidates from a scientific perspective. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Darren Findlay, President, Recruitment Solutions at Engage to Excel, creating engaging candidate and employee experiences from pre-hire to retirement, and a proud Candidate Experience Award sponsor. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Darren, thank you so much for joining me on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. Before we dive into the rest of the show, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today? Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate that. Glad to be here. So I've been in recruiting over 30 years, and really what I do today is we help companies you know, understand their candidates and their hiring managers, and we try to enable them to create great experiences for both at the same time, really kind of filling the jobs they have open uh, with their organization to, to drive their business forward. I, my title is President of Recruitment Solutions, but every single day I get the pleasure of interacting with our CHROs and senior VPs of HR and talent and help them think about their strategy and how they're going to move things forward in their organization. So got one of the best jobs ever. Well, amen to that. And I can tell you, I on the other side of that, I love the same thing of talking process strategy and just talking recruiting shop, right? That's what I do here on the podcast, what we do with the Candies and the Talent Board Program, which you are one of our uh, generous supporters, which we truly appreciate and, and love just talking shop, whether you're a solution provider, service provider, a practitioner, whatever the case is. So let's talk a little bit more then about the work that you do with the heads of HR and and TA State. Sound good? Sounds great, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit more, what are some of the the talent acquisition challenges that you're addressing today, Darren? You know, Kevin, when it boils down to it, it's really two things that make us kind of unique, but we help companies find, but also help them keep their top talent. And so when you think about how we approach all of our conversations and how we approach our solutions, it's going to kind of fall into one of those two buckets at a very high level. How do you find and keep the talent? We kind of grew, I kind of grew up in the RPO business. So we've got this expertise in our organization around high volume RPO processing candidates and really focus on quality selection. But we also have this heritage of 27 years in the executive search business. So whether it's one role or whether it's thousands of roles, we kind of have those solutions to offer in the marketplace from a tactical delivery standpoint. 
but really meeting them where they are. So whether it's them kind of dipping their toe into using some outside recruiting firms or, or they're an experienced buyer, either way, uh, our customers find it uh, refreshing that they can actually have either one search or RPO kind of with the same provider. And they can also grow with us as well. So at the end of the day, it's about helping them find the best possible talent and helping them keep that talent. And that's important, especially when you're talking about two seemingly disparate populations, right? I mean, high volume hiring is one side where it's, there's, you know, constant repetitive hiring of similar positions. There's more churn depending on what you're talking about, right? On the hourly side, there's going to be more churn in that camp when there can be more deliberate sourcing and vetting of candidates on the professional side and the executive search side. But... And I'm sure you'd agree, as I cue this up for you, that the time is a, is a critical factor for, for both populations, right? You know, it really is. We did a, a survey this past past year and the same about time, right? What matters yeah. most from candidates in the application process? Exactly. And number one, it had to be easy and straightforward. And number two, it had to be quick to complete. Those are the top two things that they were looking for from a candidate experience standpoint. And when you look at both of those, whether it's a few hires or a lot of hires, and our marketing people hate when I say this, but it's about this forced execution of process, right? So the process is key. So you're talking to another process geek, right? And we live by it. We design it. You know, you you live with what you design. So we really think through that as we put programs or solutions in place. You can say those words to me anytime you want, Darren. I'm good. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm good. Well, you know, one thing that I harp on a lot in many presentations that I give and conferences online, et cetera, I'm talking a lot about uh, the difference between strategic tasks and administrative burdens. And especially in, in recruiting where time is a huge factor. And we'll talk about some other aspects of that of candidate experience in a minute too. But a lot of the heads of state that, I, that I've worked with and over the past few years with Talent Board, hundreds of companies, big and small across industries, those companies, for the most part, that have the higher positive candidate ratings in our research and are winning our coveted candy awards, the Candidate Experience Awards, which is part of our program, as you know, they view the recruiting through that lens of strategic tasks. Uh, Any and all touches of any and all candidates, external, internal alike, is making a big difference and not you know, it's hard because there are many companies who I'm sure you've worked with a bunch of them too, where there's so many wrecks that the recruiters are carrying or you're even helping to manage for them. And it becomes this kind of a rat race scenario, but everything really truly is important. Wouldn't you agree? You know, it is, Kevin. And it really is trying to find that balance because when you think about what drives candidates to stay engaged with their recruiter, it's that, you know, that open and honest communication. But secondly, it's like following up as promised. And so if recruiter is carrying 50 or 60 recs, there's no way they can follow up. And sometimes even 20 or 30 recs, there's no way they can follow up as promised. That's really important to be able to find that balance in you know, productivity, which we all need as drivers of an organization, but also that experience as well. And so you've got to find that balance each time. Exactly. Here's the thing, by the way, two of the most negative reasons why candidates tell us through our research why they withdraw... The, num- the first one, and this is only trend. There's only trends in North America. It's still on the list for the other regions, but in North America in particular. 
particular, my time was disrespected during interviews and appointments. The number one negative reason, not salary disparity, not communication, which they're all on the list, but it's the time disrespected. And then just things taking too long. Again, the time factor, especially for the sought after professional positions, right? That you are trying to to secure and to help grow and sustain the business. That's really, really important. Let me shift gears a little bit on you. Let's go back to what you're all doing with your organization at engage to excel and the, the different groups that you serve, the different customers that you serve. Dig a little deeper and tell us how you differentiate but, uh, compared to other competitors that are either indirect or direct to you. Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of things, Kevin. I think one of the main differentiators that we have is that we really do use science in our approach. And so between our Trendicators research that we have, uh, Dr. Jack Wiley, who's our chief data scientist, our intel that we get from our original work that he does, we know how to engage candidates from a scientific perspective. And so when you start to layer that on top of things like behavioral-based interviews and engaging your hiring managers, that science, that using that science as an approach is a big differentiator because as part of our forced execution process, right, we embed that science from a a way we engage, tactics that we use, as well as the questions and the art of asking those questions along the way, as well as realistic job previews. So being the science focused is number one, I think. And number two is the being tech enabled. So we have our own applicant tracking candidate relationship management software. It's proprietary. We have that integrated into what we do. We can either use our customer's ATS and put our CRM on top of that or use our technology as part of the ATS is all. And it really does focus on two things, both the candidate experience, but as importantly, and, and, some, and some, to some degree, even more importantly, on the hiring manager. Right. Because we believe if you can focus and, and enable that hiring manager to have deep and rich and effective conversations, not only have you made their job easier and made them more effective at selecting the right candidate, you're also creating this great candidate experience. And that's where I think there's this big gap in the marketplace when RPO became commoditized over the last several years. It's all about process, 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 and turning these candidates. We just like it's a little bit different. It's about how do you enable the hiring manager to have really effective communication with both the science backing them up as well as the technology to enable them to do it quickly and efficiently. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I know that there's so many conversations that we have. Somebody last year called it the love triangle as it relates to candidates, recruiters, and hiring managers, right? And I wish I could claim that that I said that, but it wasn't for me. But I reference it though, because it is, you know, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's also true. And I right now we're doing some deeper data dives and advisory work for some of organizations beyond the benchmark research. And we've been talking to a lot of hiring managers. And when it's really such a pleasure to hear them resonate the great work that their recruiting teams are doing, enabling them to better focus on quality hires, right? And how the symbiotic relationship, because we also talk about it like we talk about a bad candidate experience, right? We talk about a bad recruiter hiring manager relationship, but when it's firing and, and all the teams are firing, that that's super important. Do you work with companies across industries or is there, is there a specific focus for the services and product that you offer? What, t- tell us more about that. Yeah, so I think when you look at from a, our, our organization overall, it's a, a marriage of really three things that we do. So Engage Excel has been around for over 128 years and has got uh, wait, up, wait, 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 
How long? 127 years. See, we don't even... Around forever. (laughs) Were we we even recruiting back then? I'm not... I'm kidding. I'm just joking. But I mean, really, that's (laughs) that that goes back a long way. I did not know that myself, Darren. Wow. Yeah, so it's kind of fun to go back and think about, you know, one of the ways we got started was doing, you know, recognition offices, our recognition business, not our recruiting business back then. And it was doing, you know, medals for the U.S. Army. We've done coins for NASA. You know, we've done all kinds of things that help organizations, whether it's the U.S. government or companies recognize their individuals because they know that drives retention. That business became this um, service award business. And so we've got now a technology-enabled recognition business that has been around, you know, since the late 1800s out of Boston. And then you've got the employee engagement business that's been around for 30 plus years. And you've got this huge database that Dr. Jack Wiley has put together and the books he has written that gives us the science. And then our recruiting business, we've been recruiting for as an organization for 27 years, part of our acquisition we did earlier in the a couple of years ago. So those things kind of coming together has helped us really think differently about how we go to market. Our customers, to back to your question, range a wide variety. So we've got some that are small entrepreneurial organizations, only have a couple of hundred employees, to so those that have tens of thousands of employees across the U.S. and other countries. So when we looked at our target customer and we looked at our existing customer base, we are excited because it is a very wide variety. We're not in one niche, you know, so we don't just focus on life sciences or IT or sales. We have customers we do recruiting all across the board. And that was our intent to be uh, really focused on a wide variety of customers because we learn more that way and we can apply those learnings, you know, to other folks. Absolutely. Is there a certain size of organization or is it across the board there as well? Yeah, on the recruiting side, I think probably most of our customers are somewhere between the 1,500 to 5,000. It'd be, I say that now and I go, well, I can think of three that are immediately that are not that size that are larger than that. But, you know, they're really not a specific size that, that we deal with because a lot of times we have large customers and we have one division that we work with for them. So that division may be a little smaller, but not as large as, you know, companies as large as, you know, UPS or companies as small as someone you never heard of, you know, right. or like Clean Energy, a couple hundred employees. Talk about what are the metrics that not only you're helping to provide to your customers based on the work that you're doing on the recruiting side and even from a technology perspective, but what are the metrics that are important to your customers today? You know, I think when you look at each of our customers across the board, they always fall back to this time to fill metric, right? Because it's indicative of how efficient your process is and how tight the labor market is. You know, I will always look at that, but I also look more specifically at our funnel metrics. So what happens and how long does it take for us to present the candidate that you ultimately hire? In my mind, that's kind of the most important metric because that can tell us a lot about the process. Again, I go back to process. I apologize. But, you know, if I can present the candidate to you in 14 days that you're going to hire, but it takes you 60 days to close that requisition, we've got a lot of opportunity in the process to tighten things up and to be more thoughtful about both that candidate experience, that hiring manager experience, and what that recruiter is working on. So across the board, our average time to present is about 14 days. And so we're very proud of that. And it's really focused on building unique candidate pools for each of these roles so that we can move very quickly. Now, that's not our average time to fill, unfortunately. Uh, but that funnel metrics are the things we really focus on. So that no, that totally makes sense and definitely resonates with a lot of the organizations that we work with. And by the way, there's process isn't a bad word because I mean at the at the end of the day, I've been in the, the space over 20 years now in recruiting in HR, mostly on the technology side. But and we we always like to to talk the big talk of the 
super shiny things that are going on in the space. But I'm telling you, at the end, it comes down to having an improved process because no amount of technology is going to going to help empower you to recruit and hire better if your process sucks. It's not. It's just not going to work. You're just going to be a, a hot mess for the the whole time. So that's extremely important, right? So is there anything coming there? And based on what what you've got cooking right now, is there anything exciting or top secret that you can tell me? And I promise not to tell anybody else. This is a podcast. No one else will know, right? No one's so, going to know. No one's going to know. Just us. You know, there's a couple of things that, you know, we've already done quite a bit of investment in our technology this year. So we've got built-in texting capabilities into our CRM now. We've got the chat bot coming along as well that'll be launched this year. But something else that's kind of cool is this RQ score. And it really, because we marry find and keep together, right? It's about finding and keeping the top talent. Well, we believe that, you know, keep recognition is a big piece of that. How do you keep talent? So we are now rolling out some hiring manager enablement that allows them to have an RQ score, recognition quotient, you know, kind of like IQ, right? And that's that's coming up pretty quickly as well to help them get better at deciding when and how they can provide recognition, not only to their existing employees, but also to candidates. And so we we rolled out an onboarding kit and a welcome box that has nothing to do with forms or getting your, you know, your your tax forms filled out or your new hire paperwork filled out, but it has everything to do with a new hire experience. So we create a customized branded logo welcome box for all of our customers that we send out to each one of their new hires before they start. It arrives at their home. It becomes a event of their significant others and their kids if they have kids in the home of what's going on. And it really alleviates that psychological stress and pressure of changing jobs. And we just find that it really makes a huge difference in driving engagement early on. So between the onboarding welcome boxes, between the RQ score for the hiring managers, we've got a lot of great things coming up to help you find and keep you know the best employees. That's that, that's that's awesome. So because I can't wait to, to hear more about that as it rolls out throughout 2020 and the results that you're going to get from that too. So why do you think? And you know this is an this is a really super easy question, but it's an important one. Why do you, why do companies need to be measuring their candidate experience? I mean, of course, I'm going to say participating in our benchmark research program, but just even bigger picture, why should they measure? candidate experience. What's what's the deal there? Well, I also hate to be, you know, tried to say you can't manage what you don't measure, right? So, but that's that's part of it. If you're not measuring those specific components of this experience, uh, you can't manage it. And if you're not going to manage it, you're going to lose the war for talent. Exactly. So I've used a lot of cliches in one sentence, right? But it's real. Uh, unemployment went down to what, 3.5% last week they announced. And so it's not going to get any better. It doesn't look like in the foreseeable future. So it is critical for companies to measure that candidate experience, to participate in programs like the Candy Award program so they can benchmark that against other top competitors in their field and other top performing companies. And so I'm I'm big on learning. So the more you can learn from others that are doing things well, the better off your organization is going to be. So participating in programs like the Talent Board program is just going to give you more insight and, and more ammunition that you can build a better program ultimately have a better candidate experience and ultimately hire, you know, find and keep, you know, top employees in your organization. Couldn't have said it better myself, Darren. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, one more one more question for you. So we we work all the time, right? You're working all the time. I'm working all the time. We're always working. So what else does Darren like to do besides work? What else you got going outside of work, Darren? I don't know that it's outside of work. So I'll give you two two insights, I guess, that's that outside of work. I am a labor market junkie. I mean, I'm a nerd when it comes to the labor market analytics. I pause my day and, and watch 
CNBC when it comes time for them to do their monthly announcements of the number of jobs created or lost in any given month. And so I just love labor market analytics. I'm kind of nerdy about that. But on the same side, I'm also a big Star Wars fan. I'm looking forward to the new movie coming out in December. And I'm also a big 007 fan. So it goes back to movies. But those are my two genres that I really enjoy, 007 and Star Wars. So (laughs) that's what you can find me doing when I'm not reading the labor market report. Well, I actually like all those things. I'm not as big of a Bond fan, although I've always enjoyed them, especially the, the Sean Connery and Roger Moore films of old although i know that who's the actor that does them has been doing them recently yeah daniel craig is oh yeah daniel craig daniel craig yeah yeah he's been doing it but you had me at star wars all right brother you had me at Star Wars. Huge fan but from, you know, 1977 on when Star Wars first premiered. And so, yes, I've already got our tickets. We're going on the 20th. Ready yep, to... Same here. Ready to, to see the big finale. So, yes. Super excited. I'm, I'm the one that gets accused in our family and friends of introducing their four and five-year-olds to a movie that may not be completely appropriate for them, but I can't <laughs> Star Wars. Get them started early. Let's go, kids. Come on. I know, right? You know what? I'm telling you, I can't even get my... My girls just aren't fans. And I, I've tried to get them to watch it. And my youngest, actually, is more science fiction-y than my oldest is. But they're just, it's just not the same. And But they know Dad loves Star Wars. So, um, and they are I think my sister filmed on her phone several years ago, my nephew and I, having a lightsaber battle on Christmas morning in the backyard, <laughs> both of us in our pajamas. So there you go. You know what? That's, no more out of me. That's all you get. No, and you know what? That's just, it's just the fact that you actually shared that is brilliant and amazing. So thank you. Because, and two years ago, we dressed up as I was Luke and uh, my wife was Ray. So um, for, for Halloween and had a big print made and framed that hangs in our house. <laughs> so well, there you go. There you I go. love it. Podcast and super excited to uh, have a great holiday season. I hope the same for you. And then looking forward to a big 2020 year. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for letting me join and just uh, enjoyed it and look forward to 2020 as well. You got it. Thanks, Darren. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.